Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Jada Selner is a best-selling author, business coach, international keynote speaker, TEDx presenter, poet, and host of the Lead with Love podcast. She's the author of She Builds, the Anti-Hustle Guide to Grow Your Business and Nourish Your Life. She's also the co-author of the best-selling book, Simple Green Smoothies, where over 1 million people have embraced this simple and healthy habit. I know you're going to love our conversation where we discuss how to be a slow cooker and how to build your support squad and how to organize your life and your week so you feel less overwhelmed. I know you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel, and today we have the pleasure of being with Jada Selner. Jada, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I feel like we've had this crescendo of like seeing each other in person, like the frequency has increased. And so it's fun to dive into this deeper one-on-one conversation together. It is. And Jody, you and I are local to one another. So I have had the pleasure of coming to a couple of your book launches. I'm holding up Jada's book right now. She builds the anti-hustle guide to grow your business and nourish your life. And as we were getting on, I was, I was showing Jada that I had her book one of five because I love this book so much. This is this was one of my go-to gifts for Christmas. Anytime I get to know a new person who's coming into their own business, I love to give Jada's book. And I know that when you pick up the book, you'll see why I'm saying that too. So Jada, before we dive in, I would love to have you introduce yourself to our listeners Say a little bit about who you are, how you show up in this world. And then I'd also love to hear what the word empowerment means to you. Yeah. So a little bit about me. You know, I am a mama. I have a teen who is 15 years old, a sophomore in high school. And something that I've realized is raising a teen is the same amount of mental energy as when you're raising a toddler. So Mm -hmm. really just like leaning into that season of motherhood and knowing that there's another big transition when the empty nest starts to come to place. Um, I've been married for almost 18 years now. So I wear many hats and I've been an entrepreneur for over 14 years. So really becoming a business owner at the same in the same season of becoming a first time mom. And so really my my wealth of experience in the last past decade has really been integrating how to be a better wife, 
a better mama, a better business leader and owner, and also a better friend to myself and kind of growing in that seasonality. Um, I'm also a business mentor and coach and really helping people build businesses in an anti-hustle way so that they don't burn out and don't create this overwhelm as they're growing things that are really meaningful to them, but also profitable and sustainable. And I remember, and maybe we can talk about this in a little bit of how I started my first business when Zoe was, you know, just 18 months old. Um, we can kind of dig into that if that feels of interest to you. But I really love coaching, leading masterminds and retreats and really helping women get clarity on their next steps so that they can prioritize what matters most to them. And then what I really, really do like underneath the surface is really helping women be so kind and compassionate with themselves as they're building something that they really care about. Um, because that is how I think we have to move through the messiness and the uncertainty and the seasons of life that we come in that are so unexpected and really honoring that as we show up in the world to really connect to our purpose and our truth in our creative expression. So um, yeah, that's just like a little roundabout in that. And uh, just a little background, I also started a company called Simple Green Smoothies. Um, that was my first traditionally published book uh, that came out in 2015. And I sold and exited that company in 2016 after growing our community to over a million followers across Instagram, Facebook, email list, and then really stepping into my calling and what I'm doing today. And I feel that I have these creative, uh, <clears throat> maybe exodus or transitions where I tend to like try on something new every three years. There's like an intentional, sometimes unintentional pivot where I'm being called in a new direction for growth and expansion. And, uh, yeah. So happy to answer the question around, um, how I define empowerment mm -hmm. and that feels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I love the name of this podcast and I think it's so beautiful. And for me, um, I really look at empowerment from a place of making decisions. Like what is the most loving thing that I can do moment by moment? So I really live by choosing love, leading with love, leaving with love, like really moving through the life through that lens and not being in this space of making decisions from a place of fear, but really making decisions from a place of love and asking myself that um, as I move through the world of really just that's that's the vehicle that I lean on is how can I use business? How can I use my family? How can I use my creative artistry and expression as an expression of love in the world. I resonate with that message so much. The message of leading with love. I just am sitting in, I'm almost luxuriating in your essence because I'm I'm just looking at you, Jada, and you exude love. Mm. And even at the top of our conversation before we hit record, I heard you talk about prioritizing yourself and making space. And that comes from such a self-loving place. And I'm noticing 
a lot of women are challenged with this idea even of self-love. They're so giving to their business or their partner or their families. And yet when it comes to self-love, it's almost like there's this block about, I don't know what that even means. Can you speak into that at all? Yeah, I think there's a few things that come up. One is also thinking about models, like where have we seen the people in our lives kind of express and practice that form of self-love? So if we don't see it, it's hard to believe that it's possible for us or we haven't been kind of indoctrinated in that culture. And then we are in this culture um, that really is self-sacrificing, putting others first. And that can come up in a lot of different forms through religion, through work, through these pieces of that we want to be good people and really trusting and leaning into that. But also we can give and serve from the overflow when we are taking care of ourselves in that process. And I think that practice of self-love is there's elements of us deepening into it as as we go through life. Um, I feel like I unlocked a different level of love um, in a season of grief for me and my family in 2019 that I didn't know. Like, I am a giver. I help people. I show up. I'm a problem solver. All of these pieces, um, always wanting to add value to others. And what I noticed in um, this season of grief, my father had passed away And then in a few months, we put our 13-year-old rescue dog who we'd had since she was a puppy down. And then my young brother at the age of 16 passed away in a car accident. And that six months of grief and loss really forced me to turn inwards to be able to not only give love, but receive love. Like I actually can't do this life. I can't show up in this way on my own. And so it allowed me to expand my capacity to not only give love, to show up and help others, but to receive love without needing to give anything back. Like you are worthy of love without needing to do anything or prove or work for rest, work for a day off. You are just loving and you deserve to be loved without needing to prove or express something to give something in exchange to receive that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you spoke of a season of grief. So I love this speaking of seasons throughout one's life. And we, can you talk a little bit about coming out of that season, moving into a season and coming out of it and how that might apply to someone who is wanting to start a business and maybe hasn't started yet, but the planting of the seed is their current season? Yeah. So I think it's really important to pay attention to the cultural seasons of just kind of what's happening in our world. And we have winter, we have spring, we have summer, we have autumn, fall. Um, so we have that. And then there's there's the way that the world moves through, right? Like kind of January is like new year, new you. And then we have like summer, which is like kids are out of school and like it kind of reorients 
where your capacity and focus and priorities are. And then there's the holidays, there's back to school, right? Paying attention to these seasons in our life that take up a lot of capacity, a lot of focus and energy and take us away from other things. So for me, there's also the unexpected seasons, right? With like grief and loss or maybe becoming a new parent or going from one kid to more than one kid, like that's a whole season and a shift and a learning, or maybe you're caregiving for elders, you know, um, aging parents or caregiving for your own chronic illness or a recent diagnosis in the family, um, really paying attention to there's the seasonal seasons, you know, the weather and how that's shifting. And then there's the cultural seasons of what's kind of happening in the collective. And then there's personal life seasons that are very consistent. And then there's the unpredictable seasons in our life that we weren't prepared for. So we really need to tune in and pay attention to what season of life am I in in this moment? What capacity, what energy, what amount of time, money, resources do I have? You know, if you're in college, you know, you're strapped for cash. Like it's kind of hard to invest in in a startup at that time or you're a new mom and your hours are very limited. So in someone who has a business or an idea planted in their heart in a season of motherhood that I say that to not put a timeline on your dreams to put a timeline on your actions and also being realistic with yourself of what actions can you do with the amount of hours you have in a day. So if you're caregiving, not only for your family ecosystem, but for a little one, you might only have nap times available or bedtime available. And so you can't compare your progress and what you pour into your business and comparing it to a unicorn company who gets a billion dollar valuation, who has thousands of employees. So we tend to, when we have a body of work brewing in our hearts that we want to move towards, the many of the models of success don't match the capacity and the season that a mother is in. And so as we build, as we pour into our, our business ideas, we start to feel wrong. We feel behind. We're comparing ourselves to things that don't even match where we're at in our life. So <clears throat> I think it's important for us to really pay attention um, when you have something that's planted in your heart to go slow, especially when you are also being a mother in whatever form that is in your season of life. So how does going slow differ from procrastinating? Yeah. So I talk about, there's a couple of things that come up for me. One is the cycle of fear, which is like Mm -hmm. when we get caught in hustle culture. And so um, it's F-E-A-R, forcing, exhaustion, avoidance, and rigidity. So if you see yourself caught in any of these patterns, you know that you are in a cycle of fear and there's a reason why these patterns are happening. So it's very typical if you catch yourself in this, but it's the self-awareness that gets you out. So when you're forcing, you are pushing, you are exerting, you're just like, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to make this happen by any means necessary. But when we do that, when we overextend ourselves, when we overcommit, when we're 
over responsibility for other people, then we get to this place of depletion and we move into exhaustion. So we're tired, we're overwhelmed, we just want to hide under a cover. We're just so just like, I can't, I can't push anymore. But then you get to this place of overwhelm and exhaustion. And so what happens when we do that is we go into avoidance. And that's where the procrastination comes because it's like, I'm tired. I have too much on my plate. There are too many things to do. And oftentimes in that avoidance stage is where you, the procrastination is usually an emotional block. It's not a strategic next step, those pieces. And so we get stuck in rigidity, which is, okay, I said I was going to do it this way. I said, this is what I want to be known for. I said, this is going to build. And so I have to stick with it because that's what I promise. I need to be in integrity with myself. But sometimes when we're in integrity with ourselves or a promise that we made, um, then we are out of alignment with our own soul. And so we have to really pay attention to that dance of commitment and following through and saying what I was going to say I was going to do, I'm going to do it. Um, So kind of getting out of that kind of good girl patterning of wanting to do um, what I promised that I would do, say what I was going to do. And so those pieces kind of get us. And so me, I look at if you are procrastinating, if you're in that avoidance, that something is stirring inside of you and it's, it's either a fear So you could be facing something where it's like, I'm scared to do this, or I don't think it's going to work out. Or there is that emotional piece that is holding you back or something is is just a little off. So for me, we have to tend to those emotional pieces and acknowledge what's happening inside of us of why are we afraid to move forward? Why are we hiding under our covers or kind of numbing out and watching shows, which I just want to say, watching shows numbing out, that is a self-soothing strategy. And I think that hustle culture makes us think that we can't take breaks, <laughs> that we yeah. must be like working, learning, serving all the time. But um, that is a self-soothing strategy to like move through stress, to de-escalate, to calm our nervous systems. But also we have to pay attention of when we're numbing and avoiding the things that we say we really care about and really matter to us. So that's the difference and the distinction of like, I just need a mental break and I need I need some social candy or whatever that is to kind of soothe versus, oh, I'm hiding from something that I think is really important that I should be doing or that I want to be doing. Yeah, I'm almost seeing a figure eight where we go out and we do what we say we're going to do, but then we come back in and we check in with ourselves and then that ability to go out and then back in. It's a practice. Yeah. It's a self-check-in practice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that piece of self-awareness and tuning in and having tools and strategies to check in with ourselves. I just did um, like a, a book club conversation with some people that have been going through the book and just had them do the energy audit and and five minutes. Like I'm playing with these ways of how can we do some of the exercises in the book in five minutes or less. Um, And so this would be a great activity for someone to explore as they're listening is looking at your calendar, your commitments, the activities that you did in the last seven days and just making a list of what are all the things that you did personally, professionally, um, in your family, just however. 
And just do that for like three minutes. Just take a quick look. And I like to play instrumental music, some calming music while you're doing that. And then go through that list of activities that you did in the last seven days and identify by putting an E, a D, or an N next to each item. And that is, was that activity energizing? Was it draining? Or was it neutral? Like it didn't give you energy, but it also didn't take any, any, any energy away from you. And that is a beautiful, simple self-awareness practice of like, what are the things that I'm committing to that are on my plate that I'm already doing? And how are they making me feel throughout the week? And so that's just a very simple five-minute practice to tune in and pay attention to one of those. It will give you a lot of insight of something of like, oh, I need to be aware or remove or lessen how much time I spend in this one activity that's draining me or take it off your schedule completely. And then there's other pieces where it's like, this energizes me. How can I make this more of a consistent practice that I do every week instead of just once a year, every few months? So really paying attention to those pieces can help us. So I just want to encourage our listeners to press pause and to rewind about two or three minutes and do this practice right now. Don't wait. Open your calendar over the last seven days and give yourself a little audit and see how your energy is depending on what activities you're doing. Okay, so pause now and then we'll be we'll still be here when you come back. Okay, welcome back. So Jada, one of the one of my favorite chapters in this book is about the support squad and the importance of the three types of supports. Can you say a little bit about that as well? And also, I'd love to have you sprinkle in specific ways to grow those pieces of support. Yeah. Yeah. So really looking at a support squad, especially when you're ready to build something meaningful in your life or grow in a certain area of your life, whether that's health and wellness and just wanting to feel more vitality and energy in your body or building, you know, that dream business, uh, whatever that is, just like kind of tuning into that. Uh, and I look at it in a very holistic way of having these three categories of support. So we have our peers and colleagues. These are the people that um, what Napoleon Hill calls in the book, Think and Grow Rich. Uh, mastermind where it's peers that are kind of on the same parallel journey as you. I like to call parallel playmates um, that are in very similar seasons of life as you and also wanting to accomplish very similar goals. And so just having people that you can celebrate with, that you can share challenges with, with, and they're like, yes, me too. I get you. I understand. I've been there. Oh my goodness. This is so hard. Or also so excited for when a huge win comes that you want to celebrate. And even those micro small moments in between, just people to lean on that we are on this journey together. And then we have our mentors and advisors. These are people that have accomplished the thing that you want to accomplish too, that you can be inspired by and also shortcut some decisions um, that you're not wasting time, money, energy, because you have someone who's kind of been there and can guide you through that. 
And many of our mentors can be from afar, can be from listening to a podcast, reading a book, you can do it in very free, affordable, accessible ways. And then you might start to kind of deepen into a specific mentor that really resonates with you. And you start to show up for a paid offering or a live in-person event and just kind of going deeper on and being able to then invest in a coach that can help you on that journey. Because there's this saying, you can't see the label from inside the jar. So it's helpful to have someone on the outside looking in while you're growing in that area of your life. And then we have the safe space safe space to be seen and heard. And this is like your life coach, your healers, your therapist, and really tuning into that when I was talking about the emotional blocks, right? When you are avoiding, procrastinating, facing that resistance, these are the people that can help you kind of move through the emotional stuck parts. It's not so much strategy, which is what a mentor or an advisor would help you with. And um, so these people are holding safe space for you, that emotional space that can kind of track you, track your energy, track your emotions and really tuning in and allowing you to be seen as you have those highs and those lows and to kind of normalize that this is life you're not the only one. Um, and just having that where you can express yourself if you're a verbal processor, it just really helps. Like I've had my life coach, I think since the same one since 2013. So almost a decade. And there's something really powerful about people being able to track you, track your whole life and your highs and your lows and knows what you're capable of, knows when it's like, oh, we need to pull off and and those pieces. So when we can have that holistic support squad together, that's when we're able to really create success on our terms. And I know your question was like, well, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. So what would be um, kind of a specific question that you think someone might ask if they were hearing this? Yeah. So if someone is, you know, wanting to grow, let's say they're um, parallel playmates, and they want to up level. So say they have lots of girlfriends, and they go out drinking, or, you know, they go on playdates with, you know, their little kids. But they are wanting to up level to the point where these can really be a support to them, not just someone that they socialize with. Yeah, I love that distinction and difference. So, um, a practice that I call 10 seconds of bravery. So you actually have to put the invitation out as well as the intention. Um, I actually did this with our mutual friend, Michelle Long, mm-hmm. um, the founder of the practice for women and um, a very dear friend of mine. I also was like originally her uh, front desk receptionist at um, her, her studio space in Walnut Creek. And I remember we went to this live event together and we weren't super, super close, you know, like I I worked for her, but then I stepped away from that job to kind of focus on my business as it was taking off. But I said, I want to be closer with you. I want us to spend more time to really support each other um, as we grow our businesses and have more intentional space and time to do that. So I had to like put myself there and say like, 
I like you and I want to go deeper. I want to take it to the next level. I just don't want to like just go to random events together or like you were saying, go out drinking or meet at a restaurant, but really having a more intentional practice of connection. Um, and we ended up having a, a whole group together locally where there were four to five women um, and we would meet once a month for a Friday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. where everyone had dedicated heart seats or hot seats as they might call them um, to really kind of uh, work on growing our businesses while also raising our families at the same time. So that group was very intentional and that we were all mamas, we were all married and we all had businesses that we were running too. So there were some commonality and then also very similar desires but it's being able to put that invitation out, right? Like telling a person, I want to, I want to go to the next level. Um, and then creating the the parameters of the consistency, because that's where co- connection really deepens. It's the same thing in marketing, right? Having to be able to be consistent. The same thing in marriage, consistency of connection. And, and when we don't have that, that's when we start to drift apart. And the same thing in friendship with those peers and colleagues that are on this journey with you is actually, if you're saying this matters to you, you have to prioritize it. You have to put it in your calendar. And that's a hard part because we're all so busy. We have so many responsibilities, so many commitments. But if you actually want real friends and you want to go deeper with people, you have to rearrange your calendar to hold space for that consistency of connection. And I have done this many times. I have so many mastermind groups that I've built and it's the ones that are consistent, have a set time, create a set date for the next time we're going to meet. So it's not like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Let's do it again. And mm-hmm. then we just drift into the busyness of our lives. It's in that next, in that date, in the moment, everyone pull out their calendars by the end of the evening. When will we do this again and commit and get that on the calendar so that the 10 seconds of bravery for the invitation and to share your intention and then actually creating the commitment of consistency of when are we going to meet again to make this official and then keep re-upping and recreating that next date. So it's not just the quality of the connection. It is the quality that is important, but it's the quantity. So how often you meet and the yeah. regularity of it. Yeah. And and also, you know, they can be different in different forms. I have someone who I um, chat with in Voxer every day. So we're tracking each other minute by minute on a daily basis. And then mm-hmm. I have people who I connect with on a weekly basis and then some on a monthly and then some on a quarterly. And then I even have one group. I just got back from a group where we've been meeting annually for almost a decade. Um, there's eight of us and we meet once a year. And some of us kind of go deeper in between, but I almost look at them. I don't have a college degree. I didn't have the full college experience. So I never had like the sorority or my college girlfriends that I meet up with. It's almost like we all grew up in the business and online world together and we reconnect. And I think two of us had kids when we first started. And now there's like 14 kids Mm. um, across. So it's really beautiful to be able to um, have that deepening, but it's that consistency of connection and also that frequency you can decide but it helps to know are we are we a daily are we weekly are we monthly are we quarterly are we annually and all of them work 
Um, but obviously the, the, the shorter the time frame, the more you're tracking someone's whole life and like so much life happens in three months. It's wild. So going back to the timing of things and the cycle of things, you talk about there being a three-year creativity cycle for you. Yeah. Where do you find yourself on that cycle now? Yeah. So I feel that I am actually just completing a three-year cycle with She Builds coming out because I was in the creative cocoon of finishing the book proposal, getting the book deal with Harper Business, and then writing the book and then getting it out into the book in the world. And I'm still, I'm still with her right now. So even as I'm having those cycle changes within Outwardly, people wouldn't know that it's happening. So it's brewing inside. Um, but I really see that I would love to be a career author. Um, and I also want to genre jump like Elizabeth Gilbert, right? Where it's like a memoir, a, you know, a nonfiction perspective prescriptive and then um novels. Like I I have ideas and visions around historical fiction, but I'm so new to writing, writing. And so to me, I'm looking at it as a 10-year learning journey. So I give myself a lot more runway to deepen into mastery around that piece. But I see myself, you know, three years from now, and usually when I plant that seed, it happens sooner. But I want to be leading writing retreats. I want to be leading retreats for women, not only in their businesses and creating that vision for their lives and what are those next steps, but to kind of connect and tap into that creative piece. So it's like, we have she builds right now, but maybe there's a she creates, maybe there's a she leads, like there's different things that are kind of just swimming and they're not informed yet. I'm just playing with the muse and seeing what's hanging out, what's staying, what do I keep saying over and over again? Because I'm that's a beautiful mm-hmm. part of having a support squad is they hear your, your longings and your desires uh, for a really long time. And they can reflect that back to you like, Jada, you've been talking about this for like two years, three years. Like, when are you going to do the thing that you say that you really, really want to do? And so that um, our support squad is a great mirror and reflection for us to remind us of what we say matters. What are we really desiring? And then, you know, all the noise and the filters of our fears and our insecurities and self-doubt Um, When those creep in, we have voices that remember our truth and our deeper knowings. Mm -hmm. I'm just letting that sink in. I'm also feeling um, like I don't have a lot of patience. I'm like, ready, hurry, hurry up, Jada, because I'm in. I'm all the way in. Okay. uh, Moving towards the end of our conversation, I want to ask you the question I ask all of my guests, which is, What is a next empowering action that you'd like to encourage our listeners to take? Yeah, well, I think uh, I would just kind of recircle back to the energy audit. I think that's a great one to take. And then where in your life do you need the 10 seconds of bravery to build your support squad? And then I just want to add one more as a permission slip of an action item is giving yourself permission to be a slow cooker 
and not a pressure cooker as you are pursuing your dreams, your business ideas, your callings, while you're also balancing motherhood. So allowing things to simmer, allowing that calling in your heart that, like you said, like, it's like, I I want it now. Let's do it now. And there's something really beautiful about letting things rest. And then we don't have that frantic, frenetic energy in as we create and put that work out into the world. So um, don't allow yourself to be the complicated pressure cooker with all of the buttons and get it done in an hour. But it also is very complicated. Allow things to be more simple and slow. So where in your life could you give yourself permission to slow down, to give yourself some spaciousness, some more time? Where are you rushing? Whether that's like in a school day, trying to get kids off to school, like how can we create a little bit of slowness in that arena or in your pursuit of your business to just like, where am I? What season of life am I in right now? What is my capacity? How much time do I have to dedicate to this next thing, which I will like to call a heart project um, and then giving it a little bit of space and let it simmer slowly, but also just touching it lightly and giving it mm-hmm. the attention and love that it needs so that um, that fire doesn't, it's like the embers don't go out, right? Like just yes. letting that slow burn happen and trusting that like you will keep it lit. You will keep stoking that fire in a very slow, intentional, spacious way. Yeah. And for more tips that help you build slowly and steadily, you can get She Builds wherever books are sold, correct? Yes. Yes. And if you go to shebuilds.com, I have bonuses. Um, So one thing that I share that you get free access to, you can buy it from wherever, but you can also enter the order number and you'll get access to the annual retreat that my husband and I do each year. Like I map out our two-day schedule. Like I have a, a very intentional schedule that I have tested and tried with my husband and his attention span, which is a lot shorter than mine, um, where we're able to reflect on the previous year together. And then we're able to dream and vision for what we're building and creating next. Um, so you get access to that as well as um, kind of a quarterly planning workshop replay. If you don't join one that I do live. Um, so it's just a great way to kind of guide you of how how do I prioritize the projects that are on my heart and in the business that I want to build next? If that's where you're feeling called to next. And I have personally received both of those. So (laughs) two thumbs up, super excited to engage with you this coming Friday. Okay, Jada. So I'll have everything in the show notes of where people can find you. Any last dangles before we say goodbye? I just want to thank you for inviting me to be a part of like the the startup of the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. Uh, just such a gift to be in conversation with you and just feeling your energy and your presence. And I'm so excited for people to get to hear more conversations with you. Mm, thanks so much. Bye. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you.